Welcome to Mentor Moments, a podcast presented by the Missouri Rehabilitation Association Eastern Chapter. Join your hosts Dr. Michael Keener and therapist Brayton Wooters as they introduce remarkable professionals, tackle current topics and issues, and highlight the importance of mentorship. This is Mentor Moments. All right, today we have a great special episode of Mentor Moments in season three. Can't believe it's season three. Um, we have Kim Bloski here with us today. Uh, she's been a, a good friend of mine for over 10 years, and we're going to learn about her leadership journey. So, so welcome, Kim. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. All right, let's jump right in. Are you ready? I'm ready. Well, tell us about your sort of leadership professional journey. How did you start? Uh, did you have any pivotal moments or experiences that helped shape your career? Well, th this was an interesting question. And I kind of had, um, I enjoyed looking back <laughs> over my career and thinking about how I got to where I am, I suppose. Um, I, I was always in some kind of leadership position, even back, you know, as early as in high school. I was always a club treasurer or president or something like that, an officer of some kind, but I would not necessarily say I was a good leader. To be honest, a lot of my leadership journey probably started, it was over 20 years ago, I started being a Girl Scout leader. So I was leading young girls and I was a co-leader of one group, the main leader with a co-leader along with me of another group. and. You know, if you've ever tried to herd cats, that's kind of... <laughs> um, at that time, I was working for Voc Rehab, and I had um, a lot of informal leadership activities uh, within my district office, and I, at that time, had some real hopes of becoming a district supervisor. There was an opening. I applied. I was not selected, and I experienced some real disappointments, as I think a lot of people probably do when... They want something and and they don't maybe get it at the time. And at, at that time, what it did for me was give me a chance for some self-reflection. And I realized um, I really wasn't the best person I could, I could be for a leadership role. And I had some work to do on myself. And to be honest, one of my biggest lessons came with the understanding that in order to be a good leader, I must first learn what it means to be a good follower. And that's what I worked hard on for several years. I worked hard to ensure that I was the best follower for the leaders that I worked under that I could possibly be. I also began working on just educational things, things to improve uh, my own situation, to learn and to grow. Uh, I worked on my LPC, got my CRC, I became involved with MRA. That was at the point that I had initially become involved with them. Becoming involved with MRA was one of the best things I ever did because it, um, my involvement both on the local and state level gave me opportunities to work with a wide variety of professionals, not only from around the city that I lived in at the time, but also from around the state and sometimes from around the nation. I got to meet new people, develop new skills. I, I continued to grow as a professional, and it, it really 
it gave me the courage to try things that I wouldn't and take risks that I wouldn't have done otherwise. So I tell you all of that to, to say that for me, leadership has been a process and a learning experience. It, it didn't just, it wasn't something that just necessarily happened. Yeah. Well, and there's, I know there's like three things there that I kind of want to follow up on. So again, I think obviously that first one answering what pivotal moment and, and fortunately or unfortunately, like, as you said, it was applying for a job that you didn't get and, you know, doing this podcast, we, we've had that theme throughout that many times, you know, at the time it seemed sort of disappointing or maybe even frustrating, et cetera, but yet you, maybe you looked at it from a growth mindset, which again, sort of, sort of what you said, you sort of, how can I be the best follower, but really work that in yourself to become better. So I don't know if I had a question there. I guess I'm just acknowledging that as, as maybe again, another moment that we can all reflect on or see, or for people listening that, you know, maybe that moment hasn't happened yet. And, and how can we, again, sort of use it to the benefit um, but perhaps my question, though, is, I mean, you said you can remember sort of joining things or being a leader, like really early. So what, what do you account for, like that first time you said, yeah, I want to be a part of this school group. And yeah, okay, I can be the treasurer or, or whatever, the president, whatever that role was. You know, I think, I think some of that was, I was almost always the treasurer. I was the treasurer of every... Well, I'm still the treasurer. You are still the treasurer. <laughs> I'm still the treasurer of uh, the Eastern Chapter, MRA, uh, of MRA. And I I think part of that was because, for whatever reason, I, I was always truthful and trustworthy and people, or I tried to be, you know, I wasn't going to take anything that wasn't mine. <laughs> uh, and people knew that if I said I would do something, I, I was going to do it. So I... I I assume that's part of it. The other thing was that I genuinely cared about people. Um, even when I was in school, from seventh, you know, that's when I in seventh grade, I guess, was when I started holding officer positions. But I cared about people, and when people know you care about them, they want you to be able to take care of them. I, I guess, if, you know, if that makes sense. Right. Wasn't that like, I'm going to not get it right, but the Maya Angelou quote that, you know, that the person will remember how you treated them or how you made them feel. Right. And so when you care about somebody. Right. So I, I can definitely see that. So, yeah, I don't know. I just always like or encourage people to think about those early experiences and and yeah. What, you know, again, what made us do that first step or yeah, this sounds fun or exciting. So I don't know. That just it interests me. So. And some of it, sometimes it's scary because I remember very vividly, I mean, public speaking was always one of my biggest fears. And I remember being, I think I was junior class president at the junior senior banquet. And I had prepared well for facilitating that banquet, except I didn't prepare a closing speech. <laughs> <laughs> and you know how you have those little things that hang in your head? And I remember so vividly. I don't know why I'm even telling this story. No, it's okay. This is what we love about mentor moments here. We got a bonus moment. Yeah, bonus. I remember so vividly walking up there and the banquet was over, awards had been given, everything had been done, and I was like, well, I guess if we're done. 
Simple as more there. I guess it was, but you know, and I, but I think part of it was that. And while it was fine, no one else in the world probably even remembers that. But for me, it was that realization. Oh my gosh, I forgot a whole part. <laughs> you have to end. Well, so tell us in your view, what are some key qualities or attributes that make an effective professional leader? And then, I mean, again, you kind of alluded to this in your first one. How did you cultivate those qualities? up with like four things that I thought were important. One of them is, is dependability. Is you know if you say you're going to do something, then be willing to do that. If you can't do that, then you need to let people know up front. You don't just leave people hanging. You don't ever. You don't like to be left hanging. So be true to your word if you say you're going to do something. Um, so that has always been difficult for me. I think because. You know, I'm kind of a yes person and a people pleaser, so I would have a tendency to overcommit. <laughs> I, I, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I recognize that in my friend Mike. <laughs> well, yeah, I would say I recognize that in you as well. So, you know, we're, as my wife calls me, the joiner as well. So. so, you know, being able to recognize where your limits might be, which is hard for me sometimes, but. Um, taking ownership of that, but also I think integrity and knowing where your values are, knowing what standards you have set for yourself, and then being willing to stand by those and not compromise and uh, your not compromising your ethics, but most of all, treating other people the way you'd like to be treated. And I know, you know, there's always that temptation in in a work environment or whatever to do whatever it takes to get ahead. And well, that might be good in the short run. That is not what gets you very far in the long run. And I think that's a philosophy that I've always lived by, just being honest and truthful about, about where you are and what you're doing. And then also relationships. There are so many wonderful relationships and friends and people doing good things out there, developing and cultivating those, seeing the good in people uh, and trying to maintain those. And then, um, just a commitment, finding something you love and sticking to it. I, I can see why you, again, as you said before, kind of fell into the rehabilitation world and working with people on their careers and vocation and, and finding passion. Because again, I think what you just described there fits our profession to a T and, and why so many of us sort of get those same joys out of life, you know? Oh gosh. I remember when I first started working for vocational rehabilitation, I had, I had worked in uh, community mental health centers, which I enjoyed. I mean, I loved the work, but then I found VR. And I remember just thinking it was a gift from God. How could a how could there be a job that paid me to do this work? I'm glad they did. Right, of <laughs> course, right? <laughs> yeah, please pay me. But I couldn't believe I got paid to do the work that I was doing because it it was the best thing in the world, and I loved all the people I got to work with. It was, I felt like I was made for voc rehab. And, um, you know, we've interviewed, uh, you know, a few people from Missouri VR, and I think, again, to a, to everyone, they've, they've all talked about the culture of the agency as something that really is important to them as well. So, 
uh, another another shout out there. So, well, I also know your career journey a bit. So um, I am just wondering, um, are there any particular models or theories of leadership philosophies that influenced um, how you approach leading your your teams and and organizations? I've been doing a lot of reflection on this um, particular question, mostly because I'm, I'm having to do this exact same thing for a class project. So this is extremely timely for me. And helpful then, hopefully, right? Do we get cited in your, can we get cited in your, in your paper? Yes, maybe perhaps so. <laughs> or you can use this as evidence in another class project, right? There you go. There you go. But I really came up with four as I was kind of thinking about um, how I perceive leadership and what I appreciate most in a leader and what I strive for in leadership, I, I came up with, with three theories that I particularly appreciate, I guess. One would be transformational leadership because I really, I, I'm passionate about providing professional development for the people that I have the pleasure of working with. And leadership opportunities for them at all levels. Um, I and I do in fact believe that leadership happens at all levels, and that you can have an impact regardless of where you are. Each individual can make an impact regardless of, of where what their position is within an organization. So, just having sincere relationships with staff, um, knowing what their goals are and what they're hoping for themselves, and then kind of helping them with strategizing how to reach those their goals, whatever that might look like, even if that means that we help them be prepared to leave us, mm -hmm. that's okay. I really feel like that that is an okay thing to do. I would consider myself more of a, a coach than a, than a boss, and, and I feel like it's really important to make sure that everyone who contributes is recognized, you know, for their contribution. So another one that I, a uh, theory that I'm really, passionate about is authentic leadership and as difficult as it is sometimes to be vulnerable and transparent I think that's important and it helps you connect with people it's not always easy to do that I've, I've been laughing with my team this past week because you know part of a vulnerability and transparency sometimes is sharing things and you know I've been known to overshare <laughs> I've also been known to undershare under and I think it's but regardless, I try to be real, and and I invite the people I work with to be real in return. My third is servant leadership because I, just being available to develop and build staff up so we can unlock their potential, I, I really am passionate about that because if, if we can help our staff unlock their potential, then that also helps them be prepared to know what it looks like to help our students that we're serving unlock their potential. So we're really trying to build capacity through um, example, I would say. And then the last one, I mean, I can pick little things out of all of these different uh, theories or philosophies, but one that we're really big on is a, a shared or a team leadership philosophy, because a lot of what we do, we make big decisions within our program as a team, because I can't know everything. And if we put, but if we could put all of our collective minds together, hopefully we will have enough of the big picture that we're going to make wise decisions and hopefully not 
any major missteps. And it's not that I, I can't or, or won't make a decision because ultimately the, the responsibility for a decision that's made is mine and I own that. But I, I sincerely want to have ownership in decisions that are made within my team. If you own the decision because you were a part of it, then it's a whole lot easier to implement it out in the field, I think. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more with, with all of those. And, you know, again, when you, you started off with the transmi- transformational leadership and, and it makes me think a lot about, I don't know if there's really a theory to this, but I call it just individual leadership. No, Like you said, no matter where you are, you're still leading yourself, right? And how do you want to sort of make that impact or make that change? And and then really the the other three that you were referring to, I, I could just I could just see you always wanting to invest in others so they can become the best they they can, right? So happy employees, happy work environment, right? That that it's that symbiotic relationship. And then as you actively said, you know, when we have that buy-in, you know, it's easier then to live the mission, right? If you have, you know, voice and, and feel respected and heard. So and what I we have what we have implemented within our program it doesn't matter who you are or where you're if you're brand new or if you've been here from the beginning anyone who has an idea a suggestion or a complaint (laughs) can call me i mean they don't have to go through the coordinator they don't have to go through someone else yeah you've said that to me many times and just in conversation so this is not just uh podcast speak right there so i i i know that's true it is, and they do, yeah. And, and sometimes it's because they like something that's going on, and sometimes it's because they don't. <laughs> and that's okay too. Right. Well, they're being vulnerable too, right? Or or trying to, you know, to see if and you're living your word. Yeah, mm. that's how we learn, and that's how we make sure that we are doing right, not only by them but by our students. All of our staff are important, but. But our purpose is to serve students to the best of our ability and help them achieve their potential. So we try to do that by making sure our staff are taken care of as well. Well, so in our rapidly dynamic and changing world, how do you adapt as a leader or and or stay current? Well, we we do a lot of professional development um, within our organization. So we try we try to just stay current with what's happening, but we also communicate. We communicate not only with within our organization, you know, with each other. I mentioned that we make decisions together as a team, as a leadership team, um, but we try to seek information and input from all sides whenever big things are happening. We, we do research into what's happening on a national level whenever we're about to make big decisions or implement something. And, but we just we stay in constant communication, not only with our staff, our leadership team, with uh, our funding agency, vocational rehabilitation. We go to meetings. We try to be face to face with our staff. And then personally, you know, for for me, I'm, <laughs> I I am I went back to school to work on my doctorate in um, educational leadership and policy analysis here at Mizzou. So I, I really just started that program, but the intent is that we want to ensure that our program has credibility, that we are providing the very best leadership possible as we develop our staff and prepare them to, to serve the students in Missouri. 
It's it is the best answer. So I, I mean, I'm going off script now. So how's school going for you then? You know, I will tell you that the NC program at Mizzou is a good one. It's a three-year program. It's all virtual, but boy, there's a lot of reading. <laughs> <laughs> I I we will be there. I will be there. We'll be there when you cross the stage and get hooded. So that will be an awesome day. I'll hold you to it. So. Um, mentors, role models who inspire you. Do you, you know, do you have someone that was made a significant impact on your leadership journey, and did you have any lessons from them? So I think you can kind of think of uh, leaders that inspire you from both the perspective of, oh, I would love to be just like them, to I think I'd like to do things a little bit differently, perhaps. So that happened for me, and I, I had leaders who inspired me to imitate them, and I also had leaders who inspired me to maybe do the opposite sometimes of, of how they chose to lead. So I've tried to learn from both and develop my own style that reflected who I am as a person. One of the leaders that I most wanted to be like is a, a gentleman um, who worked for vocational rehabilitation. His name was Wayne Gillum. And I don't know if you, if you I, know Wayne. I do know Wayne. So you know the kind of person Wayne is. He just inspired me every day. Um, he, he didn't even supervise me. He just happened to be kind of the person who was in charge of professional development and stuff for, uh, for VR. And it was just a very specialized role. He had it for a reason, and it was because he was so good at it. He was a coach, he was a mentor, he was a confidant, um, he was there for you to bounce ideas off of, he encouraged every single person he came into contact with, he gave you feedback that was real and genuine, but full of care and compassion at the same time. And he just had a way of delivering it that let you know, let you know how much he cared about you and he always had a story, always had some kind of story that he could share or a piece of advice or sometimes just an ear that would listen. So if I could be like anyone, it would probably be like Wayne because I would know that I had changed lives and built future leaders. He is, you know, I miss him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I miss him. I, I wish we all could have a Wayne in our life, right? I was just going to say, what, I, what I've never wanted to do is make people feel like they were working in vain. I always felt like wanted to make them feel like they were working towards something and that they were valued. And that's something that Wayne was really good at. All right. So we are now at our final question, Kim. What's your mentor moment? So here's the thing. I would say one thing that made it for me, um, so if I want, if I was going to suggest that that folks do anything that I think changes sometimes the way you look at other people, not only the people you're leading, but also the people um, that you just work together with in a team. There is a book that many of you are probably very familiar with. Um, it's called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel, and I. The first time I read that book, it made such an impact on me. 
and I've read it more than once. Uh, I, I give it as gifts on occasion, and um, then I have a poster of the four agreements that I keep in my office. So that would that would probably be something that I think if, if you haven't read that book or had a chance to reflect on those four agreements in a while, maybe to revisit that and just to give a, real quickly, those four agreements are to be impeccable with your word, not to take anything personally, don't make assumptions, and to always do your best. What a way to, to close this episode. Kim, thank you for all that you do, all that you will continue to do. You are a true leader. Thank you, Mike, for having me on and look forward to all we get to do together in the future. We want to thank you guys again for listening to another episode of Mentor Moments. And we want to take this time to listen to you guys, our audience. If there's anybody specific or anyone in a general field of study that you would love for us to interview, feel free to give us an email. We'll put our contact information in the description of this episode. Are you ready for a career that makes a difference in your community? Consider becoming a counselor with Missouri Vocational Rehabilitation. Vocational Rehabilitation Counselor helps people who have disabilities find a career path that helps to use their strengths. When people have the supports that they need, it makes anything possible. I am proud that I'm able to help people change their life and reach for their dream goals. Discover the change you can make. Visit mvr.mo.gov to get started.